Well, here we are on Judgment Night. The excitement is building. What's going to... Oh. Oh, oh, everything's happened. Oh. Well, there's no point in talking about it then. See you later. Now, of course, there's still loads to talk about. Welcome along to the Premier League Daily. Just because everything's happened uh, over and uh, all the elimination process and all that sort of stuff. It was basically the race to the playoffs starts tonight inside the Marshall Arena in Milton Keynes. And for once, thank God that the two players were, were, had already been eliminated, were paired up against each other on um, Judgment Night. Get the match out of the way. No disrespect to Royal Cross and Glen Durham, but that game doesn't really matter in the significance of the Premier League now. And let's get the race to the playoffs started. And we have done that today here at the Premier League Daily. And the big news is that Dimitri Vandenberg will not top the table going into the break. The man who's been top more than anybody else so far in this Premier League will not be at the top of the table going into phase two. That belongs to Nathan Aspinall on leg difference. We will go through what it all means in just a little bit. Jonathan here to talk some darts alongside you and joining us to do so, Lee Boyce and Jack Gobby Garwood. Gob, start with you. Well done for filling in um, last night. Uh, all I'll say is, is that the night, the, the, the previous Wednesday that I took off, uh, I, I missed a nine darter. Last night, I have the night off and everything actually happens and Judgment Night becomes Night Nine. Judgment Night was Night Nine. You mean Night Eight, Jar, but yeah, uh, welcome yeah, back. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that long of a few days and I'm not looking forward. I'm, I'm about as fried trying to work out who's going to the Super Series, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, a little bit oh, later. God. We haven't got that <laughs> long, mate, to list the yeah, car- <laughs> people sorry, that won't no. be in attendance. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, last night was was okay. It was, I'll be honest, it wasn't our best work, but we got through it. <laughs> In terms of quality of pod we put out for this nine weeks of Premier League, or nine nights of the Premier League so far, it wasn't the top one, I'll be honest, but we got through it in the end. It was a bit of a slog. Um, and yeah, it meant that results were all settled, and we, well, we knew it was going down, and um, all change at the top, though, tonight. Certainly is. Uh, Lee, your thoughts, uh, mate, as uh, we, we hit the first break here. It's been, if not necessarily, you know, do you know what, actually, I was going to say, not the most quality Premier League. I think it's been solidly up there, but it's been certainly intriguing is probably the right word I'd use. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been different to what we expected. A lot of surprises, I guess. Um, disappointing not to have a judgment night sort of fell and dob at it yesterday, but it was, uh, it's nice to have seen that them two played today. So we did have four games with a, with a meaning, didn't have a couple of them. Um, but yeah, I've all been at a good nine nights, very good nine nights, better than I expected is probably the best way to put it. I'll tell you what somebody's appearance is better than expected. There's no doubt about that is Aspinall that we talked about at the top of the show there. And, Ash leads the way. He's won five games in this Premier League, drawn three and lost just the one game. And if I remember correctly, I think that was, yeah, it was night two against Dimitri Vandenberg. So that's the only loss in that first phase, Gob, for Nathan Aspinall. And let's let's not sugarcoat this. You and I, I think you and I, both thought that he was going down. 
towards uh, you know back in uh, back at the early stages of this Premier League back in April when we were doing the predictions, we thought that Aspinall was one of the favourites to go down. But as you've always talked about, his role in the uh, as the underdog helps him, and he didn't just beat Gary Anderson tonight; he absolutely annihilated him. Yeah, it was it was some performance from Nathan tonight, but you've hit the nail on the head. He absolutely relishes being written off, and that's what me, you, and and ninety five percent of people that watch darts did before this Premier League. Because without being harsh, we were saying it for a reason. He was not playing very well. He was not playing good darts. He wasn't getting results regardless, and he was carrying barely any form coming into this. But he's completely turned it around against the top guys in the world once again. And like I said tonight, he completely dished out to a poor Gary Anderson. But I don't think a, a good Gary Anderson would have made much difference in terms of where the points went tonight. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest about it. Gary Carr was probably running before uh, the game actually started in Milton Keynes. But uh, let's uh, let's move that on. For, let's move that on for a second. We'll come back to Gando in a minute, Lee. Nathan now is three points clear of Johnny Clayton in fifth, but the rest of the field he's got that sort of a lead over. He's got a four-point lead over Jose, now a five-point lead over Gary. So he has to lose two games in order for them to try and creep up on him for a kickoff. I mean, Clayton's a bit different, obviously, at 10 points. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a loss and a draw. But he's putting a bit of a gap there between certain other players to try and get into finals night. And let's not do him a disservice. He is the runner-up of the Premier League. He is the defending finalist in the Premier League. To me, he looks like a sort of player at the moment that can go one further if he keeps us going. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, I'm like Dob says, ninety-five percent of the people said it would uh, it would be validated. I didn't do the write-ups, but I had to read through um, what you both predicted, and I agreed with you on it. I'm not going to say it otherwise, and I didn't. I didn't see Aspinall having that. But then after, probably when we was on the pod after night five, he was the one who stood out. I didn't expect him to have the run that he's had these four, but he's put himself in such a good position now to um, the second stage of it that you look, is it around 18, 19 points, a few wins, and then um, he should be comfortably in there and he's going to be one to watch. On top of that, he's, I know you touched upon it at the start around the people going to the uh, Super Series, He's one who's committed to that. I think that's going to be a big advantage to him, having done to play for another four days in the form he's in and setting himself up for the week after. Well, I, I personally don't because uh, of the risks associated with actually going, but we can discuss yeah. that in a little bit so, while. Sorry, Jar. Take, take him, sorry, the risk aside. Fingers crossed he comes back and everything is fine. Of course. The fact <clears> of him going, to the, going there and playing for those four days is an advantage for anyone who's doing uh, enough things as long as, and once then fingers crossed, he thumbs back and he's, everything's fine. The fact he'll be playing for those four days and some of the others won't, I think will play in his favour. A word on Gando though, not just the way he performed tonight, Lee, and then Gob coming off the back of this, but the way he's performed since he's come back, I've been really worried about. He's picked up three points since he came back this week. And, and one of that, Rob Cross missed a chance to get a point against him. So it could have just been two. He, he's missing doubles all over the show, Lee. And to me, I mean, Gando's record is unbelievable in this event. There's no doubt about that. But to me, he looks at the moment like he just cannot find something. And yet, 
he's still two points. Off, he's only two points off the top four, which I find ludicrous. Yeah, his, his standards his standards dropped massively. He's, he's the most out of form out of the eight, and that's shown in the lead table. But one thing, just looking back, because we had the uh, the joy of doing night sits as well, and I remember going over my stats just and seeing that he was at forty percent checkout percentage. That's now thirty percent. So the last three nights he's dropped ten percent on his tournament checkout percentage. Just shows how poor his double hitting is at the moment, and there is a lot of worry with how he's playing. But if he turns up that week, the couple of wins, and he's back in the top four, which we've seen. The amount of positional changes we've had this year has got to be more than any other year. So as long as he goes away and practices, which we're not, is, we know is not always the case with uh, Dando, but if he goes away and practices and improves on them doubles, there's no reason why he can't move up. And as we know, he's a, he's a person who always seems to make the playoffs. Yeah, he is. He's just got this absolute knack of making the playoffs. It's the complete inverse to Peter Wright, who barely ever seems to get there as the commentators keep trying to remind us if you're watching in the UK that Peter Wright has only ever made the finals night twice. Um, I'm concerned about Gary. It's just not free-flowing at all. Even when he was picking up points and results from the first block of five and, and even this week when he has added to his points tally, it's still not looked easy for him at all. And there were times where he's averaging 98-99 where it, it doesn't look easy, it doesn't look great, but the action just isn't clicking often enough at the minute. There's too many loose starts. And an 80, 88 average tonight is just not good enough for the Premier League. Right, I'll tell you something. Just think about this. Go back to night six when we were on, when we were talking about there, with Rob Cross and Gary Anderson there, right? You think about this. If Rob Cross had got that point, he'd have been safe tonight and Gary would have been relegated. Shows you just the fine margins of this Premier League. But full credit to Nathan Aspel because he performed brilliantly. And he's got seven points from eight this week and he goes to the top of the league on leg difference. Joining him on the top in the same amount of points is Premier League full-time debutant in Dimitri Vandenberg, who let a 6-3 lead slip tonight, Lee, and drew with James Wade, six apiece. Now, I, I'm going to leave first goal because I'm allowing you to whack lyrical about your boy in just a moment. Stand by. Uh, but, Lee, this is a big thing of me because once Dimitri hit that 160, I thought, right, that's it. 7-4, probably 7-5 maybe. Get the job done. Lovely stuff. He'll be top of the league. James, though, didn't allow him to have a double for the rest of the game. And from that 160, Dimmy just lost the scoring power. I don't know where what happened, but again, he's also picked up seven out of eight points. And he's put himself a little, there's that tiny bit of a gap there between himself and the rest of the field. Yeah, it's hard to be critical of Dimmy because of how well he's done um, this year. And that 160 was outstanding tonight. Um, and to put him 6 3 up. You've got to be a huge, huge Wade fan. And I know we're moving on to one next. Because I think that Wade's going to come back <laughs> at, at that stage. Because um, of how well Dimmy was playing, it was very surprising to see him, see him drop off and for Wade to then edge store him for those three legs. But like I'd say it's, it's hard to be critical of him because of how well he's done. And um, it had been a very, very brave person to tip Dimmy and ask to be top on 13 points and have a three-point gap from that fifth spot after night nine. So I've already done well. I don't think he'll be too disappointed. Um, 
with that over the, the run he's had since he's been back. Just looking, yeah, this week winning three out of four should have been four out of four and should be top, but overall very good. I'm sure uh, Dob will touch on the uh, the way comeback. But this is what I'm going to say to you, Gob. He's the only player, I think this week, I'm just going through the stats now, but I think he's the only player to average over 100 in every game that he's played this week. And it's not just average over 100 just. He's averaged over 100 and then some. 104, 105, 105, 102.9. So basically 102 is the worst performance he's put in all week. And he's got got for it. I'm just looking at it. He's got five points. I mean, even against Jose, it was 7-5. And he averaged 104, for Christ's sake. We talked about this before. You know, when I did the UK Open piece about him, and I said that he's pushed his scoring up even more... That crucial thing at the moment, because if you still say 104 five for Wadies, like people averaging 112, 113, if he keeps this up for the Premier League, I can't see how he doesn't make the top four. I can't. Me neither. And considering three nights ago, we sat here heading into yeah. the, the Jose clash and was saying that if he didn't get something out of that, he was heavy favourite to be relegated because of who he was playing for the next three nights. Peter Wright, Johnny Clayton and Dimitri Vandenberg, I'd all but said goodbye to Wadey's hopes of, of cashing into the top four, at least of this Premier League. But he has been absolutely superb in this block of four. Like you said, his average has been superb. And I think this just goes to show the difference between the preparation. He went into those first five nights, not intending to leave his family behind for the week, not intending to pick up his darts and probably hadn't picked up his darts in a couple of nights anyway. He just went through the procedure, if you like, of being at the hotel, just in case, not expecting it, now that the UK is is heading back towards some sort of normality, and then got the call up at the very, very last minute. I, I just don't think his preparation was great. It was his birthday that week, as we've mentioned. Just don't think he was in the right place to play darts. But this week, boy, has he been in the right place to play darts. Um, was a little bit worried tonight after that 160 went in, like he said, that, that Dimi had just hit him with a bit of a sucker punch. Um, but oh my god it's a good time to be a James Wade fan this week certainly is the only worry I've got Gob and very briefly is is this the the ceiling for Wadey can we can we can we expect to see something similar when the Premier League returns at a week's time if he goes into it the right preparation again then yeah I think he can continue this is this this is a point we keep I keep making about James Wade if he gets to three or four legs and he's averaging 104, he's going to keep up for the entire match. He has to start strongly if he's going to keep contending with these guys because some of them will absolutely batter him scoring-wise, but his finishing is superb. I mean, the finishing between both tonight, Dimmy 75%, James 66.6%, six of nine and six of eight. It, it's a ridiculous, ridiculous standard. Um, but yeah, as long as he doesn't go into a game flat and averaging low 90s, I genuinely think he could compete with the entire field right now and, and beating or getting a point from Vandenberg, especially from 6-3 down tonight, shows that more than anything because at the minute, Dimmy's the threat. He certainly is. Uh, another person who is a threat to me at the moment is the ferret, Johnny Clayton. He's averaging 101 at the moment, Gob, and he's outside the top four on leg difference. And tonight... It was his first win. I think it was his first win in five games or four games. Sorry, please excuse me. It was his first win of the week. 
for sure. Um, and uh, he beat Michael Van Gerwen 7-3, and he beat him well. I mean, it was an underwhelming performance from Van Gerwen, and we will discuss this at length in a moment, listener. But, God, let's give credit where credit is due. Clayton was on it tonight. Yeah, he was. He got out of the blocks early and he put pressure on Van Gerwen. And to be honest, it was a performance that Johnny Clayton needed. He was solidly top of this Premier League through the first couple of weeks. Him and Dimmy were the top one and two, and we didn't see that changing for a, a while. But he's had a bad second phase, if you like. First three nights not picking up a win. Um, and it was a much, much needed win tonight against Van Gerwen, who, let's be honest, if you're going to throw in a win, he might as well. He's got a fantastic head-to-head record against him this year as well. He certainly does. What are your thoughts on him uh, before we go and hear from Clayton in his press conference, Lee? Um, a really, really solid way to end the week, and that could be a real spark to get him into this, uh, get him probably back into the league after, after a man who was top after week five or night five. Yeah, does it the week he's had, it was a huge win. If uh, conversation we just had about Darry Anderson, Clayton would have fell into that bracket if he didn't get the win today. But the performance um, was very, very good. Um, just from the start, as Dobbs touched one, from the start, it was in total control. Um, we didn't see the Van Der Wien, um that we'd like to see. But um, fair play to Johnny Clayton, and he's certainly going to be in that mix for the top four. Um, on the end. Let's hear from him then, right now, uh, in his press conference after that big win against Marco Van Gerwen. It is Johnny Clayton. Johnny, many congratulations. You've ended block two on a very, very big high. Beating Michael Van Gerwen is always special, but beating him like that is even better. Yeah, cheers, fella. Hey, listen, he'd have been a happy man if he'd have beaten me like that as well. I respect Michael. Probably one of the best that player that we've ever seen. And to beat him like that, you know, I got a big, big smile on my face. Before we move on, who's above him then? Who's above who? Who's above Michael on your list? Nobody. Me. Oh. (laughs) No, um, looking ahead, was it important to bounce back as well from the disappointment last night where you didn't play particularly well against James to tonight? Yeah, I've got to be honest, fella. James battered me last night. You know, he didn't give me any chances. He didn't give me any time to relax and try and play darts. So tonight, to bounce back with a win, that was important. You know, it, it, that meant a lot. It's a strange Premier League. You were sat eighth going into it, and then a win puts you back into the top four. Is Punk going to go right down to the wire for these four spaces? I don't know. Probably. It's um, As a fan, I suppose it's brilliant. But as a player, it's nerve-wracking, you know, and, um, you know, we just got to go out, each and every one of us got to go out, do our best and try to get those Ws, and that's what I'm going to try and do. Halfway through, how would you assess your debut in the Premier League? Pretty good, I think. You know, it's put a smile on my face, so um, hopefully it's put a smile on some other people's faces, so yeah. And then going home, we know you're not a huge practicer. Are you just going to tick the arm over a little bit, or is it? Back to renovating the, the house. House first. <laughs> we'll plan this later. No, I work, you know, obviously, I, I, I do put a few hours in, but yeah, I'm lazy. So, bit of both. Johnny, congratulations on the results tonight, and we'll see you for phase three. Cheers, pal. Thank you, Phil.
Hi, Johnny. Congratulations on the results tonight. Um, for someone who is self-confessed as a sort of a bit of a workaholic, you like to do your normal working days, you, you work very hard and you're up early. How difficult has it been to be stuck in a hotel? You know, this is a big block of time, two different times now you've had this. It must be right out of your comfort zone in that way. I feel, yeah, in a way it is, you know, like I say, I've always worked while playing darts and I, I don't want to change that. And to be stuck in a room, you know, just waiting for the hours to pass by. Yes, we can go out and have a little wonder, food or whatever, but it's not the same. It's difficult, you know, and, you know, you, you just, once you get down here into the practice room and onto that stage, you've got to, you've got to put that all of your mind and concentrate on one thing. And that's to try and get that W. So, you know, it's the same for all of us, yeah? You also said this week that it's you've had far too much time to think about darts. This is a new thing for you. Is that yeah. a, a new uh, challenge for you to sort of uh, put it in different boxes in your mind so you don't have to think about it too much? No, I just want to get back to, to normal, to be honest. <laughs> I want to get back to, right, you've got to be there, play darts, and then go back and sleep. So, no, it's, it is difficult because... You know, for all of us, we don't get this time usually to think. And um, yeah, I find it weird in a way, but it's the same for us all. And what have you been doing during the day? Have you uh, watching Homes Under the Hammer or This Morning? Or what do you do to, to pass the time? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Netflix is doing my head in. You know, um, you're looking for new series and things, but no, it's it's, it's just TV They'll walk out for some fresh air, walk to us, just anything to pass time and to keep your mind off that night, you know? That's great stuff. Well, listen, thanks for your time and well done again tonight. Have a enjoy the weekend. Cheers, mate. Thank you, Paul. Johnny, well done on the win and a great performance. Um, as a player, are you going into games against Michael now kind of not really knowing what to expect? I mean, one night he can be electric and, and the next night he seems to be off the boil a little bit. Uh, to be honest, Jamie, it's, it's the same, like I say, for all of us. You know, I'm a massive believer in you need a bit of luck and if it's your day, it's your day. You know, that wasn't Michael Van Gerwen at his best. But that's where I need to punish and I did tonight, I think. So, you know, it's the same for all of us and yeah, to, to, to me, i done a job tonight and that's about it. And for you, that moves you on to 10 points now. 19 was enough to get into the playoffs last year. You must feel like you're well on your way and you can still not only challenge for top four, but top spot still as well. Well, you know, I'm going to try my best. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If not, I've tried my best and that's all I can do. You know, it's, you know, if there's somebody out, if I'm playing against a player who's playing better and winning games, I can't do anything about that. But if I just play my best, you know, who knows? I could be in that top four and top spot. Who knows? How important was that result tonight to go into the break on the back of a positive result and, and stop that run? Yeah, it was brilliant, to be honest. Like, like, like I say, last night I got smashed by James. He was brilliant. And tonight I thought, just get back with the W with, against one of the best players that's ever played darts. It was a tough, tough, tough ask. And I'd done a job and that's all I wanted, you know? So, yeah, happy. We've seen on Instagram in recent nights, Gezi Price has been cheering you on. Have you heard from him recently? Has he been giving you messages of support? No, I've not spoken to him, but, you know, hopefully he's picking some tips up. And, uh, you know, in, in the World Cup now in September, you know, he'll be number two. <laughs>
Well, Johnny, thanks for your time and, and enjoy your week off next week. Right, cheers, Jamie. Thank you, guys. Cheers, All the best, lad. Now, gentlemen, I don't like admitting when a certain person who rhymes with back Bobby Barwood is right or starting to be right because he won't uh, he'll remind us on a daily basis. <laughs> However, Gob... I am willing to listen to you when you have talked now about the way Michael Van Gerwen is playing. Because he averaged 104 last night against Sosa de Sousa. And then he's come in tonight and he's averaged just over 91. Literally 91.01. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I wish I knew, mate. I honestly wish I knew. <laughs> um, I'm... <laughs> I can't put my finger on it either because it's not the darts. It's a hundred percent not the darts. It, it can't be the darts because the ones he's thrown with now are as close to his old darts as you're ever going to get anyway. And even if he does pick up his old darts, he can't produce the same consistency with them. There must be a motivation thing or I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I, I Oh, it, I go on, sorry, mate. Go on. The, the constant thing we have is that we compare to the, the 16, 17 year when he absolutely dominated and did bits. Van Gerwen is still one of the best players in the world. And when he puts in a performance like he did last night, like he did earlier in the week against Rob Cross when he averaged 107, there's still a massive argument for him being the best player in the world. The performances that back it up, like he's done tonight with a 90, like he did after the cross game of a 90 average against James Wade, that's not Van Gerwen. In fact, that's not top 16 level. Top well, 16 what... players can throw 104 average and back it up with at least a 97, 98 and, and put some sort of effort or pressure on your opponent. Van Gerwen's but... not doing that at the minute. Well, this is what I was going to say, because we, I put a poll out uh, on my Twitter and then, I re, then I, we retweeted it on the, on the online darts Twitter. I asked the question, do you think MBG is the most inconsistent player in world darts right now? Here's, I appreciate social media is not exactly where you get sometimes get rational opinion, but in the votes that we had, 76.7%, over three quarters of the people that voted, believe that Van Gerwen is at the moment the most inconsistent player in the world. Can you imagine saying that? Not even five or six, can you imagine saying that two years ago? After he just won a Premier League, yeah, okay, he had the summer off essentially, but then he won four, four titles in six and made a world championship final. Here's some of the comments that we got on Twitter. Andrew says, yes, it's either A game or bust. His B game seems to not really be serviceable right now. Rice says, while he's certainly up there, I'd argue Johnny Clayton has set himself high standards this year. Uh, and as we just saw, he's had a good night. Snakebite has to be up there too. Never quite know what you're going to get. Um, but that's the thing, Lee. We are shifting our opinion at the moment from the man from being just the most dominant force in world darts, arguably, arguably by some, including myself and Mr. Bars, the best player that's ever picked up a dart. Let's got to go down that road this evening because we haven't got time. But, we, but what's that, <laughs> so, well, no, but that's that's beside the point. Look, he's been argued by some as that. That's that's a fact, right? But now I'm oh, I'm slowly starting towards that opinion of like like Gob says it ain't the darts. I just think that he's I, if you want me to be honest, I think he's just realised that he has actually completed darts. There's nothing for him more to win. Nothing. 
There's plenty of money for him to win, and the man yeah. likes money, and he likes winning. You could tell the, the only the only the emotion last achieved. night tells me that I just don't get it. The emotion from last night tells me that he still has the absolute desire that he had. The only thing he, up titles left, right, center. The only thing he's yet to do in the world of darts is defend a world championship. That's all he's had to do. All he's got to do is defend the world championship because he's never done that, and plenty of others have. Lee, I haven't had your, your thoughts on this one. Would you agree with social media that he is the most inconsistent player in the world right now? I pressed yes. <laughs> I was <laughs> Did one of those. <laughs> I was one of those. I'm with Dob. It's very hard to put the, the finger on what it is because. It was surprising the other night when he's when he's changing his darts. I know we were saying that they're, they're very much the same, or there's a slight tweak with them, but that's that's not MVG. There's there's something there, but the drive, the passion's still there, the drive's still there to win. I, I just can't put my finger on what it is, but at the moment, just looking over the four nights, 87, uh, 98, one on four, and then 91 tonight, just not numbers you'd associate with MVG. Um, I think we're going to see an improved MVG when fans return. Um, if we see at this at any point in this competition, if it's for the last week and he, he makes it, for me, he'll end up being favourite to go on and win it. And I think that'll have a massive impact and we'll see a totally improved him when fans are back. However, there is, there is a big worry around it because of just the differing numbers that he's hitting. Um, I know... Someone touched upon on the social media about Johnny Clayton and Peter Wright. I can see the Peter Wright points because, but that, as we always talked about, is the amount of times he changes his darts. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> and that's a that's a conversation once then for another night. But with MVG, I can't put my finger on why or there's nothing that's standing out. Why it's not like it seems motivated. He seems pumped up for him, um, but I can't work out why. Or there's no inkling or anything that I can see as why he's not putting in the levels that he's before. And I think the players are now getting to a point where we're talking about Clayton's got a good record against him um, this year. We were talking earlier on in the week about Glenn Durant's record against him. So there's players now who are getting the better of him um, and that might be playing on his mind and that's why he's he might be pushing himself too hard. Um, one, but one, one word to find something. One word from the pair of you. Will Michael Van Gerwen end this Premier League in the top four? Because at the moment, I'm moving towards no. I'm going to say yes. Go cut a cast and vote. No. I think I'm the most worried about all of the, the, the top three, the top four right now, Aspinall, Vandenberg and Wade, if he keeps this up, I think are safe. I think because of the way Van Gerwen goes a bit all over the shop at times, Gob, he's the one that I have a little bit more danger for, if you want me to be brutally honest. He's on 11 points right now, right? He had to fight for that point against Dimmy to start with. He was effectively handed it on a plate from Peter Wright, as he was Glenn Durant. You take those five points off him and he was relegated. I know that's all if, buts and maybes and, and whatever else, but that's serious cause for concern from him. 
six six for Nathan Aspinall. All right, that was a good game. Rob Cross, that was a good performance. Same with Jose. Gary Anderson, nothing special that night. All right, ninety eight average, steady as, but and and Jose was a very very good performance. Can't really knock that one, but didn't back it up again. So even if he does have a good performance in the next block. Not convinced what he does the following night means. You know, we always say a break in darts isn't a break unless you hold the next leg. He's doing that over and over again. He's breaking and then he's not holding in, in terms of the way he's getting results at the minute. I'm sure we'll be discussing And more. it's going to cost him. Well, I think it will as well, but I'm sure me and you, Gob, will be discussing this with Philip Bars on the live lounge on Tuesday night from 8 o'clock BST. We'll be looking back at all the Super Series and also Premier League action as well. But, of course, Van Gerwen is, as far as we're aware, going to the Super Series. And we'll see whether that actually helps him, like it potentially might do with Nathan Aspinall. More to come on that uh, before the end of the pod. Right, Jose de Sousa against Peter Wright's our next game to look at. This one and Lee. Six of 25 on the checkout for Snakebite. As Gob has already touched on, he's only reached finals night twice in his illustrious Premier League career. Three wins, three draws, three losses. Nine points so far in the Premier League. Same with Jose de Sousa. That is a big point that Peter Wright's just let, uh, has just let, let go, in my opinion. That could cost him big time. Yeah. Looking at the, the eight that are left and as we talked in there about MVG making the top four and looking at everyone, he's the one I'm struggling to make a case for just because of how he's performing at the moment. Um, the other three that are outside the top four, I think I've done make a case for. Peter Wright, I'm totally struggling with. Um, very worrying with how many he's missed uh, at doubles today. Um, and just missed, missed opportunity again. Um, it is a worrying time for him. We talk, we've just been talking about MVG. I'm probably more worried about Peter Wright than MVG um, in levels of performance. It's, it's, he's done well to he's done well to survive for me. It was one I was looking at, um, and there's three points over the last two nights is what saved him. But yeah, um, concerning times for Mr. Wright. I mean, he's picked, like I say, he's picked up three points out of a possible eight gob and Jose as well. I mean, that's a big performance from Jose because, again, you know, last night, yeah, he got the, he, he had the loss, but he's picked up five points out of a possible eight this week and he's got himself back into contention, into the playoff places. Just how big of a moment could this be for both of their campaigns at both ends of the table, really? Jose has been very, very good this week. He's just been in a position where his opponents have stepped it up a level against him. Back-to-back nights, his opponents have gone from throwing two 180s in their match the night before to seven against him, matching his 180 count. Van Gerwen hit two 180s on Tuesday night. He threw seven against him last night. Peter Wright hit two 180s last night. He threw seven against Jose tonight. And that scoring just means that they can keep in touch with him a little bit because he could be absolutely blowing the field away at the minute, the way he's scoring. Um, his counting, for me, has been a lot better in this second block. He made a couple of mistakes early on, but actually I don't think it's been highlighted massively since. I think he's, he's settled in and he's played very well. Um, 
he is a point behind the top four and he can definitely, now that he's settled in, knows he's not getting relegated in his debut appearance, now he can mount a charge at that table. But you know, this is the, the interesting thing about Jose. He obviously has got 50 180s in this Premier League. The nearest person, second person, is Dimitri van der Berg with 41. After that, it's Johnny Clayton with 34. That's how good the special one has been, hitting 180s. He is a 180 machine. And normally, apart from... God, I don't want to do your legs in at this point, mate, because we know what happened last night between you and Van Gerwen <laughs> on the 180s. But normally, he's a banker to hit the 180s and uh, to make sure that he leads the 180s market. But uh, that is that for Joseph. This just gets Peter right. Final game that we're going to touch on is the game between the two eliminated players. Glenn Durant against Rob Cross moved up to number to the first game on tonight. Um I'll be brutally honest, I would not be surprised if both Cross and Durant's cars are both running and they probably made it back up to Middlesbrough and Hastings respectively by the end of the evening. Uh, but by the time the final dart went in, uh, so they could maybe watch the final dart uh, thrown by uh, James Wade. Um, Gob, Cross, seven points, the most ever before you get relegated, which I find harsh on, on Rob. But at the same time, an extra point here and there that he could have had. You look at the game against Peter Wright, 7-5 that he lost. He had a chance to go 6-4 ahead. Could have been two points and could have got rele- you know, could avoid relegation. Had a chance to salvage a draw against Gary Anderson at six apiece. Would have taken him out of the relegation zone and would have relegated Gando. There's improvements there, but at the same time, I can't be like, well, you know, it's a good effort because he picked up five points after the first week, only two points this week. And you just think the, the action's better. There's no doubt about that. The action is a lot better than what it has been, but there's still moments there that cross just lets things slip. And that's what we didn't see in particular in 17, 18 and to an extent 19. Yeah, it was improved from Rob Cross compared to last year. He, he raced up to five points again and, and didn't really add to it this time around. I don't think he, he lost in the manner that he lost games last year. They were competitive. They were tight and he, he did slip up in key moments and he will build on that. He will keep working on that. The man's won enough. He's won titles of his B. He won the match play of his B game, for Christ's sake. Like, well, the, the man's good enough. Well, the his C game. Yeah. The man is completely good enough. But when you look at it, he had the ninth worst average of the... Uh, the ninth best average of the week, and he was the yeah. eighth best checkout percentage of the week. That's relegation form. I'm sorry. I, I know it's an improvement. I know it's a markup, but this is the Premier League, and this is where we have to be absolutely brutal. These are 10 of the best players in the world. Your B game isn't enough against these guys night in, night out. They are going to produce moments against you. And unfortunately, Cross just didn't have it in those odd moments. He didn't do the right things the right moments, did he? <laughs> uh, Lee, turn your attention to Duzza very quickly. Nine defeats from nine, ending up on zero points. Tonight, though, I... I don't want to say there's signs there because he averaged 85, but he kept things close against Rob. Look, how important is it now for the next two, maybe two, three, four weeks? He just switches off completely from darts. Sit on the practice board if you want to, but just switch off. Reset yourself because 
come July the 17th, when the world match play begins in Blackpool, he's got a fair chunk of change to defend on his ranking. You've got to be back in, in what he was doing in 19. You've got to think by then in order to try to get himself back to a situation. Do I think he's going to go and reach a, another world match play semi-final? Absolutely not. But at the moment, if he switches off and maybe tries and resets his throw, can he be a danger to the field? Yeah, I think he can. Yeah, he, he does need a complete um, complete break by the, the um, by the what we've seen this week. I think when we was talking at the start of the week and we were saying that actually the last two games could be of benefit to Glenn because he might already be relegated and we might see no pressure and improved performance, which, yeah, he's got five leads tonight, but it's not an improved performance. He's just come up against someone who was also relegated and didn't perform to the standard he has for the other eight nights. Um, he needs to make this switch off. I'm with you in regards to, it's hard to see that he'll have that big run at the match play, but we need to see an improvement or he's going to start being in trouble in regards to the rankings and dropping down because of the money he's got to defend from the start he had when he came in um, a couple of years back. So um, it could be good for him to reset. I know he's not playing in the Super Series, I believe I've seen no, he's on not. social media. Um, obviously, he's not in the second part of this. So the break should help him. It'll be interesting to see um, what Glenn Durant we see in the, the next Super Series, um, which... I'm guessing we'll be around June time. Um, it'll be interesting to see them once he's had a bit of a break to see if we can imp- see an improved plan. Indeed so. Let's just remind you of those results then. On night nine of the Premier League, final night of phase one, Rob Cross seven, Glenn Durant five, Johnny Clayton seven, Michael Van Gerwen three, Nathan Aspinall seven, Gary Anderson two, Jose D'Souza six, Peter Wright six, and then Dimitri Vandenberg, six. James Wade, six. To lead the table looking like this. Nathan Aspinall is top after phase one. Not many people would have said that at the start of the season. Uh, he has played nine, won five, drawn three, lost one. 13 points with a plus 16 leg difference. Dimitri Vandenberg has also got 13 points, but he's got a plus 14 leg difference. There's two leg difference there. A reminder as well that if you finish top of the league, you get yourself a nice, cool £25,000. So that could be very interesting indeed. Michael Van Gerwen is next on 11 points with a plus eight leg difference. Then in fourth place, it is James Wade with a plus seven leg difference and 10 points. He occupies that final spot with that draw against Dimi. How crucial could that be when we look back at it uh, on the 27th of May uh, as we look ahead towards finals night. Johnny Clayton is next on 10 points with a plus two leg difference. Uh, he's in fifth place, only outside the top four on leg difference, five leg difference between him and Wade. That is a bit of a gap to bridge over the remaining seven nights. Jose de Sousa is next on nine points with a zero leg difference as 151 legs has lost 51 legs. That's pretty much incredible. Uh, Peter Wright, uh, has got nine points with a minus one leg difference. He's in seventh place. And then Gary Anderson has got uh, eight points with a minus four leg difference, which could be basically like an extra point, really, that he's got to try and make up over the, the remaining seven nights of the Premier League. So he's in eighth place as we start the uh, second phase on the 5th of May, eliminated Rob Cross on seven points, the highest ever uh, to happen. And then Glenn Durham, nine played, nine losses, zero points. Uh, for Glenn, the defending champion, is out. 
we don't know the fixtures yet because the fixtures will be confirmed on Wednesday uh, by the PDC. So we don't know the fixtures yet, so we can't go and make ourselves a predictions. But gentlemen, I mean, I basically already made my predictions uh, for the top four. So I might as well, we might as well go with that at the moment. I'm saying that Nathan Aspinall, Dimitri Vandenberg and James Wade will reach the top four. And I'm going to say that Jose de Sousa finds a way to make that top four. What a top four that is. Nathan Aspinall, Dimitri Vandenberg, James Wade and Jose de Sousa. Christ, in particular, one, one particular manager is going to be very happy if that is top four. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Um, God will come to you. Do you agree with me? Do you think that someone else will, will, will uh, steal away in there? I agree with three. I think Asp, Dimi and Wade, if he plays the way that he has for these last four nights, will be in. I still hold out hope for Peter Wright. I just think that if it clicks for him, he has the ability to move through phase two without dropping a point. He he, he genuinely can be that good. Interesting. That would put him on. If he doesn't drop a point, that would put him what fourteen points. I'd put him on to twenty-three. That would that would be league bonus territory. I'm not saying he will do that, but he has the ability to do that. I just think that if he gets his head right, picks a set of darts and goes at it for the week, he has the ability to just move through the gears. We saw it at the, at the Super Series. We've seen it at the Pro Tours. We've seen it in events before. He has that ability to just click, especially in the blocks that we've got the games in as well. Lee, your top four that you would think as, as we speak at the moment... So for me, my top four would be Aspinall, Dimitri, Michael Van Derwin, and Johnny Clayton. Oof. The ferris. I'm glad your predictions never come true. <laughs> well, I, God, I, didn't, I didn't bring it up earlier, but if I remember right, at the end of night five, I was the only one who predicted Cross to be done. Um, and I'm holding on to that. It's the only thing I've got right <laughs> To be Since fair, December. So I'm holding on to that. Actually, no. <laughs> actually, no. Actually, no. I will. I will give you credit where credit is due, Lee. You did pick right to win the final Super Series. Uh, Super Series two. So give yourself some credit there, mate. You did pick that. I so, that. out of everything that's happened in the Darton world since December, two right predictions. So I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> take it and hold on to it. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's I, I just think. Uh, I can, like says to make an argument for Johnny, Jose, and Darry Anderson, um, but I think Johnny will be the one he'll break in. I think MVG will see him improve. One, I think Aspinall and Dimmy will only need a probably about five points and should do enough. But yeah, that's going to be my top four. Yeah, I, I think 19 points normally gets you into that top four. So if that is the case, then all Dimmy and uh, Asp have to do is draw their games. And uh, they will be there uh, on judgment uh, on finals night, not on judgment night, on finals night, even on May the 28th. Uh, that is that then for the Premier League for now. Uh, before we go, just a reminder uh, that the Super Series begins on Saturday. Although, gentlemen, uh, from what we've been hearing and what we've been seeing on Twitter, um, it doesn't feel like a Super Series, Gob, does it? It feels like a glorified challenge tour at the moment. Um, it's interesting the fact that Asp, MVG, a couple of the Premier League players are going. I think Jose's going as well. I think Dimi's there. 
Um, so half the remaining eight Premier League field are going to Germany. Rob as well. Rob going. Rob's going to Germany. Rob Cross is going to Germany as well. So maybe not necessarily a glorified Challenge Tour, but the amount of pullouts. Look, we, we've had this discussion with numerous people on social media at the time. It just goes to show why at the moment it doesn't make any sense for the PDC to have this event in Germany. I appreciate it's going to happen, but there we go. It, it doesn't make any sense to me at the moment. No, not to me, but I think that's the issue with, with logistics at the minute and, and planning. You put something in, rules change, and it leaves us in the situation we're in now. Um, I'm just going to call it the SUP series because, you know, there's like percentage of people missing as a percentage <laughs> of the letters in the name I'm going to use. <laughs> Look, I mean, do, do, do you still expect that... What what a chance, by the way, for some of the players to make their case for the match play, by the way. I know Alan Suter's going. I'm not too sure about Barney, but people like Alan Suter, I'm looking at the world match play race now. You look at maybe... I mean, I know Joe Cullen isn't going, so that's top of the pro tour. I don't know how many people... I know Callum Briggs isn't going as well because he had problems flying over to Germany today. So there are some big names there that aren't going to be there, but there are some huge names with an opportunity to make some inroads in that race to Blackpool. Yeah, it, it's an opportunity for the people who are playing. Um, just fingers crossed everyone who is playing in the Premier League um, when they return, obviously, just hope that their, their tests are all fine. Um, but yeah, it, it does open up the field for the match play race with us not knowing at the moment how many um, more of these we've got before Blackpool to really know how important these four days are going to be. But be interesting to see, potentially see some new winners of these events that we've not mm. seen before, but also a big opportunity for, um, like you said, Rob Cross to hopefully get some form back and uh, MVG to maybe get back into the winner's circle as well. So there is a, there is opportunity and it's, it is interesting to see that there is a, Seems like from the eight we've got what we've seen at the moment that there's a split um, of four Darwin and four not playing in it. Um, one that one that is um, did surprise me was Derwin Price that I'd seen that he's not playing. Obviously we're not playing in the Premier League. Uh, I was expecting to see him in it, but uh, it does open up plenty of opportunities. Definitely, definitely, and also God, another bit of dark news that we haven't actually touched on yet today: Martin Schindler against Florin Hempel. What a game that was in the in the uh, in the actual Super League final! What a game that was! Yeah, I was watching it as I was uh, doing some work uh, towards the end of the day earlier. Um, superb game! Every time it looked like Schindler was going to eke ahead and stamp his authority on the game, Hempel did something to hit back, or Schindler missed a couple of darts, went all the way to a deciding leg. Uh, both players missed match starts, but Schindler getting over the line. So he is confirmed as one of the international qualifiers for the World Championship. Not a bad way to get it done nice and early. No, you're going to be there. No pressure on you uh, for the rest of the year now to qualify for that one. Um, but Hempel was superb all week as well, by the way. He's going to be thoroughly entertaining. I saw something on social media from Dan Dawson saying he's going to be entertaining to watch because he's going to win loads of games he shouldn't win and he's going to lose loads of games that he should win. And I thought that was going to come true in the final again because he was second best for a lot of it, but it looked like he was going to nick it, but just couldn't quite get over the line at the end. You can see how good he was as well. A Super League lead that we can all get behind, eh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Great game, though. Great game between the pair, definitely. Yeah, we, Shindy, uh, first time in three years that Shindy's back at the Worlds. Lovely. Yeah, it was one. It was one a lot of us were talking about when um, at Q-Store this year. Um, some of the numbers he was hitting at Q-Store were very impressive. Um, and certainly one to, to keep an eye on this year. And I'd say, no, he's not got that pressure of having to qualify for the Worlds. It'll be, it'll be good to see how he progresses over the next few months. Um, but yeah, very good final. Um, just to see, it was quite interesting to see Hempel then Avi's lose the match and then still have three more darts at double 18 to make sure that he took it with the uh, last one, <laughs> which you don't see normally. Given that the Super Series are in Germany this week and those boys have been playing all week as it is, yes, be was... interesting to see how deep the Germans go. The likes of Lucas Vainik, who was so impressive. In the first group stage, um, Hempel, you've got, um, I forgot, Rene Idams. Rene Idams um, looked like a looks a million dollars in comparison to what he did look like. Yeah. Nico Kurtz was disappointing again. Max Hopp was steady. Have we, have we, here's a quick question before we sign off. Have we seen the best of Nico Kurtz? Pretty yeah. sure he's young, but like, we haven't seen him really deliver apart from that world, those couple of world championship runs, have we? Q school not, a couple of times now, he's, he's crapped his pants, quite frankly. I'm not sure I like his action. And it looks solid, but there's something about it I don't like. I'm not sure if it's the way the dart sits in the hand. I'm just not sold on it. As, technically, it, it's solid. It's a very, very astute action, but aesthetically there's just something off of it and I can't put my finger on it at the minute but if I watch him again next time or at any point over the next couple of days I'll, I'll have another look at it but He's yeah there are concerns He's... perhaps that little burst of success came a little bit too early for Nico and he wasn't quite ready to back that up if that was just a, a purple patch of form that everybody expects to be his level permanently that could be difficult to emulate as you're trying to set your stall out as a professional well, do you know what? Because obviously Shindy, you think about it, with the way he's been playing recently, he's only got to five grand on the match play count. But if he were to go and win a title, and the way he's been playing this, you know, in the last couple of weeks, uh, in particular in the Super League, don't rule that out, that would put him right in contention for a match play spot. But, gentlemen, we have to end it there, unfortunately, because we've taken up too much of your time, listener. Uh, but uh, we really do appreciate you listening throughout the first phase of the Premier League. We'll be doing these Premier League dailies uh, between nights 10 and 16, including, including, potentially, potentially going to be at the venue on the tw- between the 24th and 28th of May. We might be there. We might just be there, depending on whether the PDC, allow, well, whether the fans are allowed back in by the uh, by the government and the PDC can sell uh, and can sell tickets. We might just be there. So hold on to your hats on that one. We will only tease it for now. What you can do, though, is subscribe to Online Darts TV. There's a couple of interviews that we haven't played you tonight from Jose D'Souza and Rob Cross. You can watch them right now on our YouTube channel. And also you can watch the end of this week's action in the Modus Live League as well. Uh, All the action on Friday and Saturday uh, for your delight uh, and pleasure in watching there. And Saturday from 1.55pm BST, Super Series Live is 
back and we cannot wait for it. Even though it is basically a glorified challenge tour with the way the players are going at the moment, it feels like we are still going to be covering it for you as the race to the match play hots up in particular into Blackpool. Join us Saturday, Sunday and Monday from 1.55pm BST and we'll be on the air from around about 11.50am BST on Tuesday for the final day. And then Gob and I are joining Philip Bars on uh, Tuesday's Live Lounge. It's not a Monday because of the Super Series. It is Tuesday instead, 8 p.m. BST, uh, where we can uh, debate all of the action for the Super Series in the Premier League and also answer your questions ahead of the next round of action. But Jack Gobb and Lee Boyce, thank you for joining us here on the Premier League Daily, where Nathan Aspinall is top going into Phase 2. Dimitri van der Boe just behind him. What will happen when the Premier League resumes on the 5th of May? Whatever happens on night 10, we'll be here to talk about it. Have a great one, and we will see you on Saturday on YouTube for Super Series Live. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>